to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Alex Grodnick. How are you, Alex? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. Uh, pleasure to have you. Can you tell us more about yourself? What sure. are you currently involved with? Yeah, so let's see. I'm 33 years old. I live in Los Angeles, beautiful, sunny Los Angeles, California. And uh, my background is I worked in investment banking uh, for about 10 years. And that was not what I was put on this earth to do. <laughs> but it took, me, it took me quite some time to figure it out because uh, society really glamorizes that job, right? And you're working with smart, hardworking people and you're making tons of money and you feel like, you know, you're really having an impact on things and because society is giving you all this money. Really, mm. besides that, I don't really know what, what, what the, the validation is. Um, so like every year when I'd be, I was never really, I didn't excel at the job, but every year I'd get more money and we'd be living with all my friends and we'd be buying, you know, new BMWs and it's like, okay, but I was never happy and it was never what I was meant to do. And so finally, I just said, this isn't it. I don't know why I don't like this job. Everyone I'm surrounded with likes this job, but it's not for me. So I, I quit. And uh, I said, okay, what am I going to do now? And that's when I went to business school. I went to UCLA's business school. And getting an MBA is an extremely selfish time. You pay lots of money. You stop working. You go like have this two-year essentially a giant vacation where you like learn about yourself and you learn interesting things and you're surrounded by hundreds of other people that are trying to do the exact same thing. So it's a very, very motivating period. And in business school, that's when it, that's when it hit me. It's like, Alex, you're an entrepreneur, you know, growing up, I was <laughs> the kid selling stuff door to door, starting businesses. I had a car wash business at three golf courses in the town I grew up at. And like, if there was something to be some angle to make with the side business, that was me. Um, but like I said, then you follow these jobs that society tells you what you should be doing. Yeah. So business school was where I got back to that. And my first, so I said, great, I'm an entrepreneur. How do I do that? That seems so difficult now, now that I've basically had that skill set beaten out of me, uh, in, in, in wall street. Uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. That seems very doable. I listen to podcasts. I'm driving all over LA and meeting interesting people. When I ask them if they want to record the conversations, I can provide access to some of these cool, cool, amazing people that I'm surrounded with, you know, through, through, through business school. And really that was it. I didn't know what I was doing. I built the website. I bought a couple of microphones and I started to ask people if they wanted to come on the podcast. And surprisingly, everyone started to say yes. And so I got some amazing, cool people. The first person that ever came on was actually the, the CEO of Hulu. And, uh, and so he came on and he, we, chat and I'm like this is so great um and that podcast started to take on its own its own uh growth and now it's still going it's called moving up and we chat with business leaders about the ups and downs of, of their career journey but I saw it open though so this is my piece of advice number one start something that's not a business it's just kind of a side passion hobby project I don't know how it would ever make money now it makes money but really what it did is it opened my eyes to see where the inefficiencies, where the opportunities are mm -hmm. in, in creating audio. And I thought it's with businesses, you know, uh, businesses today create video content. They create content for social media. They create blogs, they do SEO, but no one's ever asked them to create an, to create audio. And so I thought, this is Alex, this is what I'm going to do after business school. I'm going to go evangelize the on-demand audio opportunity to brands and tell them how compelling and amazing the opportunity is and how they, I can help them create audio. 
And uh, that's what I thought I was going to do when I graduated business school. Um, it wasn't exactly my path. I met a couple of co-founders and we started a, a fintech company and we built a mobile banking application, which is nothing to do with podcasts. Um, mm. I did that for close to three years um, and it was a great journey, but now I'm getting back into the, the audio world. So that's, you're, you're helping businesses create their own podcasts basically, right? Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's essentially a, a branding effort. Uh, and we create these podcasts that uh, basically are advertisements, but they sound like stories and you provide value to the listener, you know, Trader Joe's, you guys don't have Trader Joe's in Canada, right? Trader Joe's. No, I'm not sure. Trader, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Yeah. No, I don't think so. It's a, uh, you know, the, a great grocery store in America. Oh they, no, we don't have it here. Yeah. So they created the podcast and they don't pound you over the head with how great their product is. What they do is they take you inside the room where they decide what new products are going to go on the shelves. And so this, this brand has like a very, very loyal following. And now they provide this content for them. That's like a behind the scenes look of how stuff gets picked and the strategy and decision-making behind that. Very interesting, right? Never, ever, ever do they say how great our products are and how inexpensive it is. And that's the hallmark of these uh, podcasts that, that, that we create. We don't, they're not outward marketing messages. We're just reaffirming a, a brand's message through very, very cool kind of narrative audio stories. So you create the stories for the business or, or is it that um, they give you, like you do some kind of session, strategy session, find out what their needs are and then create the content for them? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's that second one. You know, the brands have values and missions and ideal customers. And so we take all of that and we say, okay, like here's, we can create a really compelling content around that. And we delivered the lightful audio, the UCLA one that I make, I make one for UCLA um, now. And it's got, you know, birds chirping and it's delightful. You hear about cool alumni coming to business school. And, and so that's, that's what these are. And so where do you, where do you promote it though? On your own podcast? That's the beauty of having a brand behind it. UCLA has got close to a million followers on social media and they've got, you know, 500,000 people on, on email lists and millions of alumni. Um, that's what's powerful with a brand. You know, when a regular person, individual person wants to create a podcast, they can create the most amazing audio that exists. But as you said, how do you get that out into the world? How do you get people to listen to it? Mm. Very tough. If you already have a built-in audience, it's still very, very tough and requires work but it's much, it's much more achievable. Mm -hmm. So there's, I've always heard that there's companies that actually help businesses create their own podcasts from ground up um, to share their message. Is this, is this, do you also do that as well? Or you just do the actual promotion ads? No, we, we do, we do the entire thing. It's, it's an entirely white glove service. We find the host, we come up, we agree on the strategy, we create the content and we deliver a uh, marketing and distribution strategy to get it out and make the most of it in the world. Wow. Where were you when I started? <laughs> I just started this uh, back in May in 2020. It's exciting um, though. Yeah, it's so excited. I actually got into it to meet people. I love meeting people and especially entrepreneurs that have a soft spot for me. So, and it was the best way to do it. Um, but, you know, it was no guidance. And that's why it's so important to spend a little bit more money, but have the right guidance so you don't have to go through any pitfalls. Like you, you know what to do. So I do respect, you know, what companies like you are doing well absolutely also uh, i respect how you just created your podcast from nothing and that's 
that's the first step, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's no barrier, as you said, there's no barriers to entry in this industry. There's no barriers to making content on LinkedIn or a blog or, you know, podcasting is another form of content. If you start doing those things and putting your thought leadership out into the world and asking people, Hey, can I get your advice? Can you come on my podcast? Can you help Mm -hmm. That gets the ball rolling. And that's all that I did, you know, three and a half years ago. And now I've got a podcast that gets, you know, tens of thousands of listeners every month. And I've got customers asking me to help them make podcasts. And so, yeah. That's awesome. That's great. And did you find that there's a huge growth that happened uh, since the pandemic with podcasts? Yeah, that's, it's accelerated things, you know, trends that probably would take, you know, three, four or five years are happening all in one year now in terms of audio consumption. And you do, you don't have the, you know, the average American spends 26 minutes commuting. So you don't have that 26 minutes in the car or train or subway or whatever it is to listen to podcasts, but audio is just poised to take off. And, you know, it's really interesting, the size of the market podcasting in terms of advertising is about a billion dollar market. AM FM radio is a $20 billion market. And so if you think about where the advertising dollars are going to go, are they going to stay on terrestrial radio or are they going to move towards on-demand audio? It's very similar to when TiVo was invented. TiVo came out in 2000 and, you know, 21 years later now, content consumption has changed drastically, but it's taken 21 years and podcasting isn't a new technology, but it will eventually transform human behavior. And that's very exciting. That's very exciting. Yes. It's great to be part of this. So if there is an individual working in a corporation and you can relate to them obviously as well, um, if they need a way to monetize or make some money or do something outside of their work, like a side hustle, how would you be able to benefit someone of that nature, if they connected with you and they say, Hey, you know what, uh, Alex, um, I think podcast might be the best thing for me. I have all this knowledge. How could you help them get everything going? Oh yeah. We've got tons of free guides and stuff on our website, grodmedia.com that tell you, you know, what microphones you need to buy and how to host the podcast and, you know, get all, like you saying, get all those out of the gate things set mm-hmm. up. But I think more core to your question of how do you figure out, what you should be doing, what your side yeah. hustle could be, what your main, you know, your side hustle that could turn into Eesh. your main hustle, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and actually it was an exercise in business school uh, that, that we, that a professor had us do where we uh, wrote down, ta- we wrote down times when we felt like we were being our most authentic self. And he defined, you know, feeling most authentic as feeling like you're coming from core values, using your principles, you know, very, very intrinsically motivated energized. And so fine, I started to you know, make a list of these instances. And that's when I'm looking at this list of six, seven things I wrote down. And every one of them was when I was doing something entrepreneurial and starting something from, from scratch. And none of them were when I was working for big prestigious investment banks. So it became very, very clear. So I think, you know, step one is figuring out what you want to be doing, what you're good at, what you like doing. Um, you know, say you writing down, oh, I like watching television. You know, no one's going to pay you to watch to watch television, <laughs> right? But you know, maybe you can you know come up with a show or come up with a YouTube series or you know, like you don't know where where it can take you. So I think step one is getting an understanding of of really what what uh, what motivates you. So is that uh, is that something you guys provide as well to kind of like a strategy session with them to find their niche? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I'm happy to 
I always love having that, having that, that conversation. And then, and then the next piece of this is, uh, is once you figured out what's right for you and what you want to be doing, I am a huge believer uh, in something called rejection therapy. And it's like, my favorite. That was funny that you just said that. That was my next question. I was going to ask you about because what is this all about rejection? Right. So once you figure out what it is you want to be doing in the world, now it's getting it out there. And, and how do you do that? And it's not easy. Uh, I think the, the, the statistic is it's like, you know, like in terms of like average sales across industry, it's like a 0.1 conversion rate. So you need to, uh, ask a thousand people to get one new customer that's like across the world so that you're going to, you have to get 999 rejections to get a single customer. And that is hard. People are not used to getting rejected 999 times in their life. Like most people would have that happen and they'll give up after, you know, rejection 100, they won't make it to, to 999. And so rejection therapy is a process of desensitizing yourself to the fear of rejection. And it's not like, Anything else, it's, it's the same as anything else in life. If you're afraid of germs, you know, over time, if you are touching, you know, door handle, I mean, not in, in a COVID world, it's, it's a little bit different. But uh, if you're afraid of spiders, I have a really good friend that's afraid of spiders. And he went and lived in South America for about a year and a half. And he was living in the jungle and seeing spiders the size of, of his face, right? And now he comes back and he's like, Alex, I could care less about seeing, you know, bugs and spiders on the road here. These, this is nothing compared to compared to what I saw. And so rejection is the same thing. Your body is instinctually programmed to be afraid of it because, you know, in, in old, 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 old times, if you know you got rejection, you'd, you'd get eaten by a lion or you would starve. Um, your body is not, doesn't want it. It's a, it's a safety mechanism, but you can trick your brain by starting to desensitize yourself to the fear of it. And the way that you do that is by asking for very, very, very simple things. You ask someone for a stick of gum, for a high five, to take a selfie with you, for a a dollar, for a ride across town, for, you know, uh, oh, the easiest way that I found was to ask for discounts uh, when you're buying things and you're buying a sandwich at lunch saying, hey, may I please have a discount on this sandwich? And what actually happens is uh, 25% of the time or something, you end up getting that discount. So, great. It works out. Yeah. 10% off your sandwich. But when, but then you still have to, every single day you have to find one rejection. So if you get the discount on the sandwich, you still got to ask for, for something else and, uh, and get that rejection. So it's like a pretty cool thing happens and it doesn't take long, you know, over a period of a couple of weeks, all of a sudden by asking for these tiny little non insignificant things, you start to build up the confidence to ask for promotions at work for, you know, someone to go out on a date with you for, um, you know, a piece of business, like all of a sudden, because you asked for, you know, a, a free um, discount, you're, you're not afraid to ask for, for anything in life. And like, that's the skill set you need when you're out there starting something from, from, from scratch. So this rejection therapy, how does, is it, is it done through a program or a course or a one-on-one? No, I just gave you the, the skill set. You don't need, there's, I'm sure there's courses and stuff. You don't, you don't, you don't need it. All you need to do is for 30 oh, days. Oh, I understand. Mm-hmm get rejected once every single day um, and watch your confidence level over those 30 days. It's amazing. And it's just like anything else. It's a muscle. You have to keep it up. If you do it for 30 days and then don't do it again for a year, you can't think that you're going to have confidence again there. You have to keep exercising that muscle. Um, But when you're doing it, the outcomes are 
amazing. And you also get a lot of the shit that you're asking for. You get the discounts and you get like when I, I did a business school presentation on it. And so I did like an actual 30 days of it. Um, and you know, I was like asking to go in the back of a restaurant and see where they, you know, cook the steaks and they're bringing me back there and giving me tastes of the steak. And I asked, I was walking past a film shoot in Hollywood and I asked if I could yell action and clip the clipboard. And they said, sure, come yell action on the film set. And like, so you get to do like really cool things. Um, and yeah, it just, it makes it so you're not afraid to ask for things in life. That's awesome. So you do this as a, like a adding value to people. You don't charge for nothing. It's not like a program. You just, it's a value-based um, help that you provide people. Yeah. This? All these things I'm talking about, they're all free. I'll come to my website. I'll tell you how to make oh. a podcast. Come to, you know, talk to me. Nice. About therapy. Everything is free. It's if you're a huge business and you want to make a podcast, great. I'll charge you. But for, for everyone else, all this stuff's free. Great. That's excellent. You give, you get more, right? That's that's, that, that's life. You can't always yeah, be out there. Yeah, you can't, you cannot be out there taking. You need to provide value. We need this. We need more entrepreneurs like that. You know, and that's one of the philosophies I have is adding value as much as possible. That if you could change someone's life in a very small way, what it'll do for you, you can't even calculate. So I'm I'm grateful that you're on the show. That uh, that type of mentality. So I'm glad to hear. Um, is this is so? There's nothing else in rejection therapy per se. Like, um, if anybody wanted to work on this in a higher level, there's no other component to it. It's just uh, something because I saw when I googled it, googled your name when I tried to search it up, I found like a. Maybe I'm wrong. Was is there a website? I don't know. I, I, maybe no. there is now. I haven't googled it in a long time, but I'm telling you, it's very simple. Once a day. Yeah, that's good get rejected. That's awesome. Are you involved with any other businesses right now other than the podcast? Uh, that, that's my main focus now. I still, uh, you know, I'm kind of involved in that. Like I said, that, that FinTech application, we built that mobile banking app, uh, but that's very different. You know, I, I think uh, Society Glamour, that one we've, we've raised millions of dollars from investors and we've got tens of thousands of customers and we need banking partnerships and we're fighting regulations and you know it's like when i think about what i'm actually able to do of pushing a ball up a hill and i look at that at that product that we've built and we need like i said millions of dollars we need bank partnerships we need then actually building the product we need mm. you know software developers and engineers um versus creating a podcast something that i'm very passionate about i know how to do everything for it and i can help businesses all myself so it's awesome. interesting to think about this beautiful yeah. between, you know, everyone wants one of these, you know, huge businesses where you've got teams and partners and mm. money raised and it's nice, but I'm, now I'm much more focused on just what I can help in, in the world all by myself. So if, if somebody wanted to start a podcast, um, do you help with ideas to monetize it as well for them? Because at the end of the day, they, they should be getting some kind of revenues from it, right? Sure. Uh, my business is really more focused to, focused on, on brands and businesses. But like I said, I've built my own individual podcast and it monetizes fantastically now. So happy to chat with anybody about, about, uh, about doing that. Um, and that's what the internet was built for. The internet was built for super serving niche audiences. You know, in the world, in the, in the world before the internet, what worked? Only mass market products. You had to, to get something on, you know, one of the hundred TV stations. It had to be for everybody. But today you can make content for a very, very specific set of 
potential customers. And so if you're an expert in, you know, woodworking or, you know, uh, sailboating or something, like there's a market for it. Mm-hmm. That's great. And is there any kind of advice that you could give someone working a job, um, looking to create a side hustle via a podcast? Is there any kind of advice you can give them? Yeah. Uh, it's the wild west in terms of on demand, in terms of podcasting right now, on demand audio, there's close to a million podcasts, but most of them aren't good. And most of them don't find a way to get listeners. So it's like the age old conflict of is content King or is distribution King. And, you know, I think probably it always stays that content is always King. You have to have great content, but in this case, distribution is queen. You need to find some type of creative strategy to get people to listen to it. Your, your podcast, unfortunately, it's going to be very difficult to like get thousands and thousands of listeners and go viral. What podcasting is the best tool for is what you're doing right now of meeting someone and providing value instead of just saying, Hey, can you talk to me and tell me about your life? And can you help me get a job? No, lead with a podcast, lead with a blog, lead with something that's interesting to them and saying, Hey, I've got this great podcast and, and I'm going to ask you 30 minutes of questions about your hopes and dreams and career aspirations. And then after I've provided that value to you, now what? Now, maybe now we can have an organic conversation about, you know, my hopes and dreams and what I want to be doing, but always lead with helping others first instead of just, you know, give me, give me, give me. And a podcasting is a very interesting tool to do that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the fact is that the people you meet um, doing it is just incredible. Like the the quality of and the, 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 the individual people that came on the show, relationship I've built, um, hands down, is, is probably the, one of the best experiences of being a host on a podcast is the relationships that you build. I there you go. That's it. And that's yeah. what's, more, what's more important than really building relationships in business. Nothing. So Nothing. love it. Yeah, love it. Um, is there, uh, could you share any, like the biggest failure you might have had in your life that could give some kind of aha moment to a listener? Yeah. Um, my fintech startup. I've been working on it for three years. I poured every single piece of my mind, body, life, spirit into this business. Like I said, it's from an outside perspective, it might seem successful. We've raised millions of dollars. We've got like 50,000 people using our app. It's, um, there's plenty of- What is it called? It's called Switch. There's Switch. plenty of, of external indicators that things are going well, but man, it was not the right thing for me. And it took me- many years to to figure that out because I don't like to quit. And I, when I set my mind to something, I want to make it come to fruition. And so it's not a failure. We still solve a problem for for 50,000 people, but Hmm. it uh, it didn't have the outcome that I wanted it to. And that's the other thing about like a side project is someone came on my podcast a while ago and they said that happiness equals results equals result expectations minus results. And so if you have huge expectations, which is what we had for my FinTech business that we were going to take over the world and sell it for hundreds of millions of dollars, if not a billion dollars, then how are we ever going to be happy when we have, you know, smaller wins, but for a side project, if you have very, very low expectations and you said, I'm just going to create something that I'm passionate about and put it out into the world and we'll see what happens. You will only be delighted because it will only exceed your expectations and you can move and grow and evolve from there. 
That's good advice. Good advice. We always like to ask our guests what you feel that your inner superpower is to got you to this point. Yeah. Great question. And for me, it's not being afraid to hear no. I've probably been, everyone gets rejected a lot. Uh, I think I've been rejected um, more than most. And if I let those rejections kick, put me down and, you know, and, and made those intrinsically about myself, I would not be where I am today. Just I hear rejection. I learn from it and I want to get as much feedback as I possibly can to iterate and make myself and my product and my business better. Um, but from there, I don't, I don't care hearing no. I like hearing no because that just gets me one step closer to a yes. And really it comes down to, to confidence. You know, as you build, as you get rejected, you start building com- uh, uh, confidence as well. And it's probably helped you uh, being able to withstand those rejections. That's it. That's yeah. right. Because really the confidence, once the confidence goes up, it's a mindset thing too, right? Once you work on that confidence and you multiply confidence, rejection is just nothing, just, just something that you need to do to achieve your goal. That's right. It's just yeah. a step along the path. Yeah. Well, you know what, Alex? It's been great talking to you. I'm so uh, glad that you came on the show and all your information will be part of uh, on your show notes. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, they can. And again, thank you so much, Alex, and um, appreciate you coming on the show. All right. Thank you. This is great.